The Hard Shoulder with Kieran Cuddy with Nissan on News Talk. Josefa Madigan, the Minister of State for Special Education and Inclusion, uh, with me now. Minister, you're welcome to the programme. So, what can you tell me about the upcoming special education summer programme? Um, thanks, Kieran. I hope you can hear me properly. I'm on the road to Limerick. Um, so if the sound isn't good, you, yeah, you can no, loud, loud and clear for the moment. Anyway, good. Um, yeah. So we had a, a, we announced this um, just just today, um, and it's it's important to say that it's in the context of um, a very comprehensive review of the summer program, which started last summer. Um, and what we had, we had found over the last number of years is even though there's been a significant increase on children participating in the scheme. So if you look at from 2019, we had about 13,000 children and last year we had 42,000 children. So that is a 300% jump. Uh, Having said that, we want to make sure there's more children availing of it, particularly when it comes to special schools. Um, Because as you know, these are our children with the the most profound uh, and complex needs um, and we want to encourage more special schools to take part. So we took in a, a lot of feedback um, from, uh, you know, the, the, our, our partners, our stakeholders, um, and as well the, the new Oroxus Joint Committee on Autism, they fed in as well. So we put in a number of new initiatives um, for this year, which weren't there before. So I think the first point probably is, is the national coordinator. I think that's going to be a really important role, and that's particularly for special schools. So they can see, you know, uh, what coordination needs to be made to assist children to get a place, they liaise with the schools, they liaise with the Department of Education, they liaise with education centres and we've also opened up two portals and so children can put in, obviously their families can put in their names into a portal if there isn't, if their own school for example isn't running um, the the, the school programme or Mm. summer programme this year so we want to try and encourage everybody um, that can participate in it to do so, like we have a team for the very first time which is called building competence and connections, um, and, and that's great, but it, it's of no use and of no benefit to a child with additional needs unless they're actually uh, involved and participating in the programme itself. So um, we've also um, put in another uh, a number of other measures in terms of like staff training, and mm. there's a school uh, organiser role as well, and we've also shortened the school day itself. So it, it starts it start at 10 o'clock and it'll finish at 2 o'clock. Uh, and that was based on feedback from parents and families as well. Um, but the staff themselves will receive a full day's pay. Okay. So they're just little, and, you know, they sound like small things. Yeah. But these are all kind of, um, you know, put together from feedback from everybody. And, and you, 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 you're you confident you'll find the staff? Because really? I know recruitment has been an issue before and another issue has been, I don't want to be unfair, but maybe a reluctance from some schools to engage. I mean, what's the feedback on that front? Well, first of all, we tried to remove a lot of the barriers that were there in the past and that were perhaps prohibiting schools uh, from wanting to uh, get involved. Like some schools might have wanted to, but they just felt perhaps they they were, you know, in fairness, there was a lot of burnout, which was probably the the, the primary um, barrier to, to to schools and staff and principals wanting to get involved. Um, yeah. So now we are saying that they can use um, um, other staff from, from other facilities or healthcare backgrounds, you know, whether they're nurses, um, they're student teachers, graduate teachers uh, who are, you know, linked in with the teaching council, care staff. So it's not, it doesn't have to be the staff that are in the actual school itself. Um, and if the school itself can't do it and also can't get staff, then what the role of the national coordinator will do will try and perhaps 
organise a cluster um, of children who can just partake in one school. So that can all be worked out, um, you know, because like these children who, who, who have additional needs, particularly as I say in special schools, um, they, it, it's a such huge benefit for them to go during the summer, um, you know, mm-hmm. and, and it doesn't. Ha- it used to be called July Provision uh, a few years ago. Now it's called the Summer Programme because it's not just in July, it can be in August as well. So there's some flexibility um, around that. Um, so we've tried to remove a lot of the barriers, like we've made it, it, it administratively a lot easier. We've centralised the, the application process. Um, there's an earlier payment now, school staff. That came back to us quite strongly a year ago. And that staff felt they weren't getting paid um, in a timely fashion. Yeah. We now have an online portal where they're going to get paid quicker. Um, and there's also enhanced capitation as well for special schools. So, like, we have 128 special schools, and we really want to see in the future every single one of those schools participating yeah. uh, to cater for those children. It's a, you, may, you mentioned staff burnout. Uh, there has been one of the, the reasons cited by teachers and principals for not engaging in the past. We were actually talking to a number of teachers earlier in the week about burnout. The INTO had had, had this figure out. And what was interesting was the few that we spoke to, they all brought up the same thing. They talked about how the change of policy in terms of children with additional needs has meant that they have those children in their classroom. Now, they weren't for a moment arguing that they shouldn't be in their classroom and I'm not for a moment suggesting they shouldn't be either. But what they were saying is that that, of course, placed additional burdens on the teacher. You know, you've got a, a much wider variety of of maybe uh, capability uh, to teach in the classroom. And this was this was lending itself to that level of burnout. They felt that there needs to be more support in the classroom for the teacher, uh, given this is now the policy, more students in mainstream school. Do, yeah. do, do you agree with them? Is there, I mean, does, I, is there I, a need I, for more support? I think, well, I think there's two points there. First of all, um, I think the pandemic um, was very difficult uh, for the school community. Um, they had to adapt uh, and be very agile when it came to online learning um, and there was an awful lot of work in terms of um, hygiene and, you know, mitigation measures that they had to take against COVID. So I think and, and it was a very wearying time for them and we're, perhaps to a certain extent we're seeing the fallout of that now. Again, that regression we saw in children as well and that's why we put in, you know, the class programme and other programmes like that. Um, but in terms of resources, um, you know, I suppose we have to bear in mind as well that 97% of children are in mainstream, um, but then you have special classes. So we have about 2,500 special classes throughout the country. Each special class only has six children with two SNAs uh, mm. and one special education teacher at primary level um, and then one and a half at, at post-primary level. And, and that's, that's designed in that way to allow um, sufficient uh, resource be given for those children that, that most need it. Um, yeah. Because the resources but I think I, they were talking more about the, the mainstream class, you know, where yeah, you, you know, are, students in the are. mainstream class who mightn't have been there before. And again, I, I kind of can't reiterate this enough. They weren't for a moment and neither are we suggesting they shouldn't be in the classroom. It was yeah. just they think that it, it contributes to the level of burnout. They need support to have those kids in the classroom. Yeah, well, we, we have, you know, 40,000 staff um, in Ireland now who are dedicated wholly and exclusively to children with additional needs. So we have like 20,000 SNAs. That's unprecedented. I mean, that's grown by over 400% since 2011. We also have 19,000 special education teachers. But if a school, for any reason, feels um, that they need more support or additionality, they should can put in what they call an exceptional review. Uh, which is, I suppose, an appeal, if you like, uh, to the National Council for Special Education, who can then go out and do a site visit 
talk to the staff and see what is required. Uh, and we have a, a great CEO now, John Carney of the NCSB, who's really concentrating on operational issues around this because we want to make sure that, that staff um, and principals have that have that extra support that they require um, because as you say it shouldn't imp- impede on the education of another child no one is suggesting that it is um, and, and that's covered under the Epson Act but the Epson Act itself uh, as you may recall we discussed this before um, Kieran, that underpins the entire uh, special education sector and that legislation itself is under review and I think those views that the teachers have expressed to you uh, and that I hear uh, when, when I travel to, to around the country meeting schools should should be inputted into that. There's only a few weeks left for anybody and any listener who's listened to this wishes to input into the Epson review um, so that we can have an act that's fully implementable in the future, then they should do so. Can I ask about comments your uh, party colleague and the leader of the country, uh, Leo Varadkar, uh, made today? Uh, uh, two different things. Uh, Bertie Hearn, one of them, we'll come to that in a moment. Uh, but the first about taking a fairer but harder, firmer stance on... Uh, people arriving in this country without travel documents. What does that look like? Well, well first of all, just to reiterate, um, refugees are very welcome in Ireland, you know. Um, I mean, and, and people who need protection will get it. I think uh, the teacher was very clear about that. But he was referencing really, and who he's talking about being firm with, are those uh, people who come in who have, you know, a false story uh, or false pretenses, um, or, or what I might say, or, you know, for mischievous reasons, maybe. Um, they're the people... Uh, that need to be looked at. And, you know, I, I, I took heart from what he said in terms of any applications for those uh, people that there should be a quick decision, you know, and then they should be returned. But I think this is why the EU summit is meeting as well, so that, you know, all of Europe, it's, it's not just, you know, pertinent to Ireland. It, it's something that's happening across Europe uh, in general. And that's why there is an EU summit on migration. Mm. Um, and, you know, like uh, as the Taoiseach said as well, it's important that we decide who enters our country, you know, to our, to our countries, not the human traffickers. You know, they shouldn't decide who comes, uh, who comes through. We should. Um, but I think, you know, e- a lot of EU countries are, are really grappling with this. Um, and, you know, I, th- I think it's expected that mm. if somebody is, is trying to get in for the wrong reasons, then that, that he should be returned. And there are d- deportation orders that are made through the Department of Justice in those circumstances. Uh, do you think Bertie O'Hearn is going to run for president? That's the matter for Bertie Ahern. Um, I'm sure you've thought I, about it. I I I, I don't know. Um, Alec, he, it seems he's back in Fianna Fáil, and again, that's a matter for his party. And um, we have a an incumbent uh, president at the moment. I think for the next two and a half years. So I think that conversation will probably happen at a later stage. Uh, yeah. Again, Leo Varadkar suggests that that uh, uh, he, you know he 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 was speaking in a different era when uh, he had previously criticised Bertie Ahern's evidence to the Man Tribunal as being of John Gilligan proportions. Um, yeah. W- w- was Leo right then, or is he right now? Well, you know, I think as he said that sort of a moment in time uh, when he said that, but like, you know... When you weren't in no, government no, with no, them. No, no, I wasn't. But knowing the teacher, because I do, um, he always looks at things in the round um, uh, and he always looks at things in their entirety. So, yeah, he did pay credit to um, Bertie Hearn in terms of the Good Friday Agreement and very much recognised his contribution that and obviously nobody will take that away from him. But, it, you know, his role in Fianna Fáil is, 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 is a different party and it's entirely a matter for themselves. Josepha Madigan, Minister of State for Special Education and Inclusion. Minister, thanks a million for joining us here on the show. The Hard Shoulder with Kieran Cuddy with Nissan. Weekdays from four on News Talk.